Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the final Let's Talk Liverpool episode of 2020. It's been a uh, it's been an up and down year for many reasons, but in terms of this podcast, in terms of this kind of series, um, as well as kind of everything that's been going on with Liverpool, this can be nothing but a successful year. Uh, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't in the way that many of us had hoped for 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 many many years. How we thought we'd be celebrating the thing that all of us Liverpool fans. Um, have wanted to celebrate for so long. Uh, haven't had the chance to celebrate it like we would, but I'm sure that will come sometime soon. But on the whole, you know, be, be, this this year has just been uh, fantastic to be a Liverpool fan. Uh, you know, even the even the break in between when um, football was stopped. You know, kind of just the club keeping us informed of everything that's going on through social media and stuff, and and kind of everything around Liverpool in terms of the content the Liverpool kind of social media team been producing the quality of football we've had on the pitch, uh, the things we've had off the pitch, like the wingmen series, for example, haven't talked about that too much, but all of these things I think add up to, uh, although 2020, 2020 being a difficult year for so many, it turned out and it has been an incredibly successful uh, year for Liverpool, both on the pitch, obviously with the success we've had on the pitch, um, but also off the pitch as well. And uh, yeah, just it's it's uh, just amazing to be a Liverpool fan right now. It's been a particularly in my lifetime, it's been a, it's been a struggle to be a Liverpool fan. At sometimes we've we've often shot ourselves in the foot um, uh, so much. And um, yeah, it, it, this year this year was just a fantastic time to be a Liverpool fan. And hopefully next year uh, we get a chance to celebrate you know the title that, that we last won. Uh, and maybe another title that we win this year. But we could have extended our lead at the top of the Premier League table uh, above Manchester United going into the new year uh, and trying to see if we can defend this title. But we were unable to do that against a a very well-organised, as you would expect for a team that's playing against us, but also very compact and, and willing to attack Newcastle team. Um, led mainly by Callum Wilson, who was a who was kind of he was their chief protagonist the entire game, caused um, our new defensive partnership a couple of different problems, and we'll touch on that a little bit more as we go through this episode. But uh, with the starting lineup, uh, just a couple of changes. Obviously, with Matip being out, uh, still not sure when he'll be back. It looks likely that he'll also miss the Southampton game in just a couple of days' time, and I'm pretty sure then he'll also be out for the FA Cup game. Uh, against Aston Villa and maybe he can be back shortly after that but it's it's a bit hard to say and so Nat Phillips came in today uh, I think it was interesting uh, I talked about this in the last episode whether it would be Nat Phillips or Reese Williams uh, I think I think Klopp went for Nat Phillips just because of his aerial presence I think in terms of kind of all other parts of the game I think Reese Williams is probably as good if not better but I think that aerial presence particularly against people like Joel Linton uh, I think ended up uh, with Klopp favoring uh, Nat Phillips over Reese Williams in the defence, and also the midfield was was struggled around a little bit with Wijnaldum having played, you know, so much of the season, and and for a player who is doing a lot of umming and ahhing around the contract situation, it feels very weird. It feels like the ball's in his court. The club have offered him a deal. Uh, he's just kind of holding on to make a deal. It's a very strange situation for someone who, you know, I don't I don't doubt his commitment to the club at all, but for someone who's kind of been involved with the club and has been so involved, oh, particularly over the past couple of years in some of our really huge historic moments. It's just a little bit strange that that whole situation is still hanging up in the air. But I completely agree with Klopp. He needed a rest. 
Um, and so Milner came into the team. Uh, Curtis Jones as well, starting in the field whilst Naby Keita was still out. Still no staff for Oxlade-Chamberlain, even though he's had a couple of appearances from the substitutes bench now. Uh, it looks like Klopp really does want to ease him in, and maybe that FA Cup game against Aston Villa is the game where maybe Ox will, um, will get his start. And then up front, it was it was the same front three with Jota out uh, probably until the end of January. Uh, it's highly likely, and Divock Origi looking like he may be leaving in January. It's highly likely that we're going to see the front three playing most of the games with Taki coming in here or there um, when needed. Newcastle started uh, really, really well compared to kind of going into the game, particularly watching how West Brom played. As I talked about in the last episode, I really hoped that that wasn't going to be a template for how teams would play against us um but fair play to Newcastle they didn't play like they didn't play like that they they saw an opportunity uh, against a, a new defensive partnership that we had with Nat Phillips and Fabinho they've only played together once this season and that was a West Ham game we had at home where I think we did yeah we did concede in that game as well um and so Callum Wilson in particular definitely looked to uh, capitalize on on some of those frailties and, and maybe that lack of partnership uh, relationship and understanding between Fabinho and Phillips uh, with a couple of decent chances for Newcastle within the first 10 to 15 minutes one chance where he just honestly just kind of bullied his way past Nat Phillips with a bit of strength and a bit of pace and it kind of maybe put Nat Phillips on on a bit of red alert for the for the rest of the game and uh, yeah, he really, really looked up for it. Bullying Phillips, um, kind of. He, he, if you saw him play, he was naturally kind of leaning more towards that side of the pitch um, to go one on one against Nat Phillips because Fabinho, again, like he has since he's been playing centre back, has was just absolutely mega uh, and had another fantastic game. Um, in the first half, it was it was kind of interesting. We had a lot of possession, as you would expect, even if we were away from home. But we seemed like. We seemed like a bit we were out of ideas, almost. Right from the outset, it wasn't even like we we had a you know game plan or we were trying a certain way of attacking. It was the normal kind of Liverpool routine, you would say, where it's, you know, uh, using the fullbacks high and wide, um, getting Mane and Salah kind of cutting inside from out to in. A lot of that kind of normal stuff. But even just from the midfield, it kind of just looked very... Uh, we don't know what to do and and I think partly that was down to the fact that Newcastle were just playing a kind of a back five and they were fairly deep um, which was similar to how West Brom played um, and I think we struggle a bit against that because the front three just have no space to occupy there's no space either in behind or in between the defenders just because there are so many of them um, so I think that's also a reason but I think part of that is also just the way our front three play they thrive on Balls in behind, pace, um, and when they have to front up to defenders, that's when maybe they aren't so so good. And 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 actually, we've seen in the last two games that we struggle in those occasions where you know Salamana can pick the ball up, they can turn, which is is rare for, for players playing against them, and then they've got to face up to two or three defenders uh, and try and find a way around them. And I think that's where we struggled a bit and have struggled the past couple of games. You know, and there's a reason we've drawn against. Um, Fulham uh, there's a reason we've drawn against West Brom reason we drew this game against Newcastle uh, and all of those teams have played in a very similar way uh, and I think there are not there are a couple of ways around it I think one of those is what I talked about last time and the movement the moving the formation possibly to a 4-4-2 
to just have those two attackers to try and preoccupy in the middle of the pitch with the wingers still cutting out from outside to in um, rather than just that one focal point uh, and then the two wingers which maybe makes it a little bit more stretch and a bit easier to defend against when the team is defending with a back five. But regardless of saying all that, we did make some very, very good chances in the first half. One from Salah, uh, great, you know, as we've said this before many times this season, that quarterback pass, that Tom Brady pass from Jordan Henderson, he's he's perfected it, I think, over the last couple of seasons. He's one of the best players in the Premier League at doing it. Uh, straight over to Salah, possibly looked offside. It would have been interesting had VAR got the lines out. Um, it looked like his arm maybe was offside, but we'll never know. Uh, but it was he clipped it with his left foot. A fantastic save by Carl Dallo again. You know, as we say, and as we should expect, you know, when when teams come up against us, particularly teams in the lower half of the table, there's that extra you know nugget of motivation because they're playing the champions, they're playing the team top of the league, uh, and players will pull out huge performances that happened against Manchester United for years and years and years uh, and, and it's happening to us now and Carl Darlow had one of those games and it was a fantastic save from him uh, to keep Salah out and you know we we're close to half time at that point as well and it would have been a fabulous time to score because it would have changed the whole perplexion of the second half we would have been able to control the ball Newcastle would have come out which definitely would have left more space uh, for our attackers to get in behind but alas he didn't score and we even later than that in the first half we did get another chance with Bobby Firmino across from, I think it was Sadio Mane. Uh, Bobby Firmino with a header just outside the six-yard box. Honestly, should really be putting it away. Um, the header was just a little bit too close to Carl Dahler and he was able to palm it away. Um, but yeah, two chances that ordinarily we probably would have taken. And I think had it been last season, we probably would have taken those or they would have gone for us. Moving into the second half, it was very much... Honestly, kind of the same. We The game got a little bit stretched, as you would expect as time goes on. That's just kind of natural. I think with the midfield as well, one thing that I noticed was, particularly with the midfield we had starting of Henderson, Milner and Curtis Jones, I felt like there was a little bit more creative attacking responsibility on Curtis Jones uh, today than there normally is when he has like a Wijnaldum maybe or a Henderson playing slightly further up. Um, and... I just don't think he had one of his very... He just didn't have a good game. It's not a criticism of himself. Uh, he's a young player. I will always back him. He's got a lot of learning to do and he's already been so good for us. But um, yeah, I don't think he had his best game and I think uh, maybe that added responsibility he had negatively affected his game. However, that whole issue around creativity in the midfield... Uh, almost completely disappeared when Thiago came on. Uh, he was only on the pitch for, what, 10-15 minutes and he just looked a class apart. Like, just so silky in the way he controls the ball, the way he spreads the ball out to, to be it to Trent or, or to, to Andy Robertson. Uh, or play that ball straight into the strikers. I uh, can't wait for him to get an extended run in the team. Uh, just because even from that 15 minutes, man, he was silky. Uh, player that we've missed, and particularly against these teams that sit really deep, where we need to pick them apart. A player like him is going to be absolutely worth his weight in gold. And, I, and I'm sure you guys are. And I'm so, so excited uh, to see. Hopefully he gets a good run of games now. And as we bring in Oxlade Chamberlain, other players like that, hopefully Naby Keita's back. Our midfield can really kind of... Uh, keep those foundations of being solid, um, running hard, but also adding that creative flair, which we've kind of missed a little bit. Um, in the second half, again, the pressure was really building from us. Uh, we did make the chances that the best chance coming from Mo Salah. Um, great ball from Firmino. It was kind of one-on-one -on -one with a defender cut inside, and you're thinking, goal, goal. We've seen it so many times. It's, pit it's textbook Mo Salah, but he unfortunately put the ball wide. He definitely didn't have one of his best games 
Um, and I'm not really sure whether that was down due to tiredness or, or, or whatever, but um, yeah, Mo Salah missed a, a chance that we've just seen him put away so many times this season. And then after that as well, a couple of chances where the ball just wasn't falling for us and it kind of, as time went on, it just felt like, you know, one of those days, a couple of corners where the ball could have easily just just deflected off a player very closely onto a Liverpool player, but just fell to a Newcastle player who was able to clear the ball. And um, yeah, at that, at that point, you kind of just know it's one of those games where you know the ball isn't just gonna isn't gonna fall for you. So yeah, unfortunately, we had to to sell for a draw, but we didn't lose. That's the main thing. Uh, let's keep the positive momentum going, uh, and let's see how we do in the new year. We've got a couple of tough games, Southampton up next as well, um, but we didn't lose. As I said that's that's the main thing. The man of the match for me is it's a little bit difficult, right? There wasn't really a man of the match. And I think the only player I can really give it to uh, is Andy Robertson, just for his relentless attacking and defending on that left-hand side. It's absolutely brutal, like how much legwork he gets through in a game. And uh, yeah, he can, can't be underappreciated. And then finally, the shout-out to Klopp to end off the episode. Um, and just be, a bit, just be a bit about when we do rotate them in field uh, because of tiredness of fatigue and just trying to mix things up. Think about the sacrifice we're making in creativity uh, based on who we rotate out. I think we just went a little bit too uh, passive or, or defensive in the midfield trio we did have. And I think that negatively affected our ability to break the team down. But that greatly improved when Thiago came on. So just thinking about that balance of defensive and creativity in our team uh, when we do that rotation. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support on Let's Talk Liverpool this year. It's going to be another huge year next year. But thank you all for listening and I'll catch you on the next one.